Welcome to the Tamarin Learning Podcast, where host Dr. Kirby Ross Plock speaks with experts on many topics relevant in the ultra high net worth family wealth management space. Kirby is author of several books, including The Complete Family Office Handbook, and shares her expertise consulting with families and family offices. Kirby is also the founder of Tamarind Learning, an online wealth education platform that develops practical, foundational learning programs for beneficiaries to help them prepare for responsible stewardship of wealth. Welcome to the Tamarind Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirby Rosslock, and today we have a super special guest, Paul Edelman of Edelman & Associates. Paul has so much wisdom and knowledge to share with us, and we're going to dig deep into mentoring today. So I'm going to let Paul tell you a little bit about himself and a little bit about his background and how he came to be so passionate around coaching and mentoring. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Kirby. Um, looking forward to our conversation. So I became passionate about mentoring because I've had the uh, good fortune to have so many good mentors over the course of my life. And they've made a, a, a huge difference for me at many uh, different key junctures in, in my life. Um, uh, most relevant to, to your audience uh, is uh, the notion, first of all, that I grew up in a family business. And uh, uh, it was a, uh, started out as a modest uh, kind of mom and pop business. and uh, when I was growing up initially, uh, uh, we lived in a town called Levittown, which was a place for returning GIs where you could buy a house for $100 down, $9,000 total and you know two or 3% interest. Um, but by the time I was eight, my parents had had some success and we moved 20 minutes away to the town of Garden City, Long Island, which was a totally different world. Uh, Garden City was kind of a, a bedroom community for Wall Street one of my first friends in the fourth grade, his father had, his grandfather had founded a Fortune uh, 500 company, and uh, he was really one of the wealthiest kids in town. And uh, spending time with him and his family was was a total uh, awakening for me. It, it uh, uh, opened the door to a completely different world uh, than anything I had ever seen before. So in uh, the words of uh, Jim Grubman or the metaphor that he uses of, of uh, the land of wealth, I was essentially an immigrant uh, to the land of wealth. And I had a number of experiences with mentors that helped me uh, to make that transition. Eventually, I, I went on uh, to college and grad school and uh, I ended up studying psychology and uh, I particularly studied uh, about learning and development, adolescent and uh, adult learning and development. And along the way, I again, I worked with, with a number of mentors. And so I, I uh, when I finished school, I began doing coaching and consulting. And uh, over the years, my work uh, uh, concentrated a lot with in working with family businesses. And uh, in more recent years, I partly because of my own experiences growing up, I got interested in uh, the field of wealth psychology. And so I began to work with uh, a mentor, uh, Jim Grubman, who introduced me uh, to this world or um, you know, helped me to uh, come up to speed, so to speak. And uh, today I work with next gens, 
Uh, I lead a group of, of uh, next gens from a variety of family enterprises, and I also work with, with family businesses and, uh, and individual family members. So Paul, tell me a little bit more about this concept of immigrants and natives. I think you and I are pretty familiar with it, but maybe our audience isn't as familiar. How does this concept really resonate in a mentoring context? Why, why would thinking about immigrants and natives to wealth really um, be a population of interest, particularly who might be looking for a mentor? Yes, well, you know, Ultimately, um, mentoring, the experience of having a mentor is a specific example of uh, the general experience of learning and development. But having a mentor can help to accelerate that process and it can help us to learn things that we otherwise might not have access to. Um, so uh, uh, in this notion of uh, uh, Jim Grubman's about the uh, uh, immigrant to the land of wealth. The idea is that when you grow up in in a, in a foreign land, a different place, in other words, like my experience of being in Levittown, um, where every, every house was the same, they're all very modest and so on. Um, and then you come to a, a place like Garden City, uh, it's a whole different thing, you know, country clubs and, and uh, uh, debutante balls and this sort of thing. It's all foreign to you. And so um, there are some things that you need to learn to adapt and adjust to the new environment. There are some things that you bring with you from your old experience that will be useful to you, but there are other things or attitudes or you know ways of looking at the world that may not be so helpful that you may want to leave behind. And so a mentor can help with this kind of sorting out or adjustment process. Um, uh, mentors can, can be role models, they can open doors for you. They can provide information and advice. Uh, they can provide you with accurate feedback. Uh, it can provide uh, friendship or emotional support, or they can advocate for you in various ways. And so uh, all of those things uh, can be helpful. Uh, natives to the land of wealth have, have a different experience. They, they grow up in, in this world, so it's not that things are unfamiliar to them, but they have to learn a lot of things that, that uh, others don't have to learn. There's a whole additional level of complexity to growing up in a wealthy family. You know, for example, uh, Cameron Learning teaches about trusts and estates and uh, investment management and portfolio construction and uh, what is the role of a, a beneficiary or the role of a trustee these are things that, that many people never need to learn, but uh, someone who grows up in, you know, in a wealthy family uh, has a lot to learn. And sometimes they need to learn it very quickly. The, the next gens in, in the group that I coach, many of them will ultimately take on uh, the central position of leadership in their families or their families' businesses and they don't have a lot of time to come up to speed. In a sense, it's like they're parachuted in to these uh, positions of very high responsibility, whereas their parents or their grandparents may have had much more time to learn and grow and evolve uh, to be able to take, in, take on those roles. So it sounds like mentoring can also be, um, I mean, again, we think a lot about the next generation. We think about bringing them up. I love this 
this idea of the parachute and the what happens when that rising generation gets sort of thrust into an expectation to be in a role that perhaps they, they never even thought they were gonna be you know put into um so i love this idea of how mentors and yourself in particular support these individuals and it sounds like you also do it in peer groups so that tell us more about that well the, um you know there's a lot of um ways in which one can receive the benefits of, of mentoring i think of mentoring as much as a function as it is a person um, so you don't have to be called a mentor to do these things. And mentoring can occur in a one-on-one -on -one relationship, but it can also occur in, in a group relationship. And there are cultural distinctions in this in, as well. You know, in the U.S., we tend to have a kind of individualist, individualistically oriented culture, and we tend to think of the mentor as a single person. But, you know, a country like Israel on the kibbutz, you know, they might have a whole group of adults that's responsible for mentoring a whole group of of children but in any case you can have peer groups for learning and support where individuals mentor each other there may be someone like me as a leader who can be a mentor as well and there's also the phenomenon of reverse mentoring which is growing in popularity today where in some family enterprises for example the members of the rising generation are encouraged to take on the role of mentoring their elders for example, with respect to technologies like social media or you know, other uh, web applications uh, or even learning to use their, all the features of their mobile phone. Uh, so in that process, both sides can learn and grow uh, from each other. It's, it's inevitable that they, they each influence the other. Well, I can see well, how that would be incredibly validating, right? So to have perhaps the younger or less experienced in perception generation providing so much value, right? Um, we live in this highly technological age where if you don't know how to use your iPad or your iPhone or your Android, you can feel quickly left behind. Um, so I, I can see, and I, I have children myself, so I see how my 12, almost 13 year old and 15, almost 16 year old can lap me with all the apps and all the opportunities that are out there. I think that's a really powerful um, premise around mentoring is that there is this, this idea to level the playing field and how mentoring might be that vehicle to help the rising generation also feel validated, right? That's, that's something that a lot of rising generations struggle with is how do you, do you see me? Can I add value, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, when, parents make the decision to um, provide a mentor as a resource to their um, offspring. It's, a, it's an indication to the uh, offspring. The message it sends is that you are valued and that we're willing to do whatever it takes to support you in your learning and growth. And sometimes uh, they, the parents are role modeling a certain uh, bravery or courage because the thing that the younger person wants to learn may make the um, parents uncomfortable in some way. You know, for example, uh, there's the movie uh, about uh, Jessica Watson, who was the youngest person to sail around the globe. 
And her parents were not at all comfortable with the notion, even though they were sailors and they encouraged her early interest in sailing, they weren't particularly delighted with the thought of their daughter setting off in a little boat to go all around the world. But they recognized that this was her dream and they wanted to support her in that dream. And so they, uh, when she asked for that kind of support, they came through and were willing to provide it. That, that message not only fosters the person's learning at the cognitive level, in other words, you know, learning skills or information, but it also fosters the development of personality. You know, they develop a sense of self-esteem, a sense of self-confidence, the sense of being valued. Um, and also, of course, uh, they learn that when they want to master something new, that, uh, that they can seek out resources and, uh, and benefit from them. Well, and I, I love that you brought up that film, True Spirit. That's a, that's another one we can give a shout out for because it's a pretty powerful, um, heroic story of a young girl who um, from Australia dreams to circumnavigate the globe in a sailboat on her own, the youngest at 15. <clears throat> I think what always I was so marveled at was she had true passion and purpose, but the mentoring of that sailing advisor or mentor um, was what gave her the confidence, right? The follow through, the technical skills. So it was both a whole series of soft skills and technical skills to be able to execute on her dream. And I love that example, Paul, because I mean, essentially that's what you help, right? Um, Rising Gen and, you know, let's be fair, the, the um, immigrants to wealth who maybe grew up um, in, lower middle class circumstances and now have built a business or built wealth that puts them on the other side of the spectrum have a lot of things to learn and train up to as well so even though they might have arrived and succeeded i i love this idea too that you work with even um you know senior family members to figure out how to grow how to continue to thrive and also how to inspire that rising gen because their shadows can be enormous, right? Yes, uh, that's one of the things that that inspired me to get into um, the specific uh, niche of, of wealth psychology. Um, uh, in the middle of my career, I, I worked with a hedge fund where I was advising on uh, talent acquisition, and I had occasion to work with the family office. And uh, I saw that the founder who was a, a world-renowned figure, you know, very, very visible person, um, that his son was working as the head of the family office. And it activated my empathy. You know, I thought to myself, gee, I wonder what it's like to be in the son's role, you know, to grow up in the, the shadow of a father who's such a, a prominent figure. It, it would seem that uh, it'd be natural that every day you'd sort of wake up and ask yourself, uh, who might I be in this world? were it not for the accident of my birth. And, uh, and, and I thought, you know, people like that could really benefit from support. And I, I wonder if this is a thing. And I began to do some internet research and, uh, and that's ultimately how I, I uh, came across people in this field. Uh, and ultimately I was referred to, uh, uh, to Jim Grubman and to the Purposeful uh, Planning Institute and to the Family Firm Institute. And that's kind of how I, um, entered the field. Well, we're so glad that you are in the field because I believe it takes a village, right? When we think about 
those who have immigrated to wealth or built really successful family businesses or are perpetuating, right, stewarding very big enterprising families, it takes a village to um, continue to help them to thrive. And as much as maybe one or two individuals might say, well, I built this, this is mine. The reality is it took a team of family members, a team of employees, a team of advisors, and and I can see how the mentoring process can be an integral strategic investment to really be thoughtful, right, about perpetuating and, and growing human capital, but also just building stability into um, a family ecosystem. Yes. Um, you know, when you say it takes a village, um, I think that once people come to understand mentoring as being a function as much as being a person, they they can become more aware uh, and, and pay more attention to where there might be opportunities to learn from somebody else. So if you have this broader conceptualization, you can look for and find mentors anywhere. Um, you know, uh, one of my favorite uh, mentors and coaches was the former Yankee baseball player, Yogi Berra. And uh, he was known for his yogiisms. And uh, one of the things that Yogi Berra might have said is, uh, when, you, when you look, you tend to see things. <laughs> the more you look, the more you tend to see, something like that. And, and so when you have this awareness, uh, you're more likely to recognize opportunities where you can take advantage of somebody and learn from them. Yeah, and I, I see it a lot too in my work where families will want to be mentored by other families, right, who might have gone through a similar situation that they're going through and it's five years in the rearview mirror of the other family or 10 years, and they can provide tremendous, you know, um, modeling or even don't do it this way because it didn't work out so well for us or they can also just shed light that listen there is the other side of where you are today which is sometimes hard when you're facing a big transition you're looking at sort of do we keep this business do we not keep it um, do we encourage little Sally or little Jimmy to come into this or how do we face some of these major transitions? And I also see mentoring as pivotal in helping normalize, right? Sometimes kind of rocky, traumatic transitions. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, well, this is the sort of thing that uh, comes up quite a bit in, in the peer group that I lead. So one of the benefits of a peer group is, is that the um, young people come to see that they're not alone. And that whatever they're facing, there's a good chance that their their peers are are facing something similar. Um, so uh, one example that comes to mind, um, and this is a bit paradoxical because uh, oftentimes uh, mentors will tell someone um, to stay the course or to to stick it out. But in this particular case, one of the members of the group uh who grew up in a, in a family business chose to to distance himself from that at least for a time and to found his own company with a friend and so he was struggling in this startup company and he would share his experiences with the group and uh group members came to uh, question his business model 
And they essentially said, you know, how scalable is this business that you've got? And ultimately he came to realize that there were some structural constraints on the, on the business he had chosen to found. And it, he was really kind of beating his head against the wall. And so at some point they said to him, you know, why not sell, sell your share and, and go on to something else? And eventually he did do that. And uh, so it was a kind of a, a watershed moment for him. And he was able to do it with their encouragement. So he didn't feel like a failure. And, uh, and he went on to uh, ultimately to, to join his family's business. And uh, now he's getting experience that'll prepare him for uh, more and more responsibility within the family business. That's fantastic. That's a great story. I'm glad you shared that. So are there any sort of key tips or takeaways that we might be able to impart that you could share with our listeners and viewers today that could help them if they're thinking about starting a mentoring relationship or, you know, hurdles to overcome to start, find a mentor? Anything you want to leave us with today, Paul? Well, uh, a lot of different uh, thoughts and experiences flood into my mind from different points in my life. Um, uh, first of all, uh, I think it's important to, to be open. And uh, another thing is to, I would say, the process really begins with defining what your desired outcomes are. So you want to ask yourself, what is it that I want to do or accomplish? What is my dream? Just as Jessica Watson said, you know, I want to be the first to sail around the globe solo at my age. And uh, and then you can say, okay, well, what do I need to learn in order to do that? And then you can um, say to yourself, okay, well, where could I learn that? Or who could I learn that from? And you need to be open to it. I remember uh, when I was in graduate school, I was a little frustrated with one professor who had been assigned as my advisor. And uh, I went to uh, a mentor of mine from undergraduate school, and I, I told him about my situation. And he said, well, what thoughts do you have about who else on the faculty uh, you might be able to learn from and advance in the direction of your goals? And I mentioned one person, and I said, you know, but he's, he's really old. He's bent over. He walks with a cane. I don't know how soon he's going to retire. And my mentor said to me, and this is one function of a mentor, you know, to give accurate feedback. He said, Paul, that's just prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, you know, you're right. And I, the next day I scheduled an appointment to meet with that professor and he did become my mentor and I did my doctoral thesis with him. And, you know, to this day, I'm grateful for that opportunity. <laughs> that's a fantastic story. I'm so, again, so appreciative to have you on the Tamron Learning Podcast today really great insights on mentoring considerations if you're in the native or immigrant to wealth camp also considerations around peer learning and how mentoring is really a function maybe not just a person and great ideas about how to get started so thank you for sharing so many great pieces of wisdom i want to just call out that your website has a ton more, edelmancoaching.com, has a blog, it has resources, it shares a lot more. Paul is probably one of the most credentialed individuals you'll ever have a chance to meet. So check him all out because he's been to Harvard and MIT and everywhere in between. So Paul, thank you again so much for being here today and sharing your thoughts on this important topic. Thanks, Kirby. I enjoyed talking with you. Mm -hmm.